and welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And we have a special Guys with Feelings episode today. <laughs> Aren't they all special? They're always special. But you know, this one's special too. Mm-hmm. Um, 50% of the Guys with Feelings team, aka Jamin, just got back from a pretty exciting uh, big adventure. <laughs> and uh, we thought it you know, might be of interest to the Guys with Feelings audience. And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before we go into that, I'd like to mention that this is also a special episode because me and Gabe are here in person. That is true. That is true. doesn't happen that often because he's down in LA. I'm up in San Francisco. But we're here together in Mid-Cal? Yeah. Arroyo Grande. Arroyo Grande. uh, At Airbnb doing a Burning Man camp planning retreat right now. So... Yeah, special treat. We get to record in person. Yeah. This yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. No Skype today. Nope. All right. Great. Um, well, let's just dive in. Yeah. I mean, I, we've talked like a tiny bit about this, but really haven't had a chance to debrief. So why not do it, you know, with a microphone running? Um, yeah. So for starters, uh, why don't you just tell the good people out there where you were a week or two ago, (laughs) what your trip was. Yeah. So I just spent uh, two weeks in India on a a non-dual retreat. Um, And I was in this small town, uh, South India, this holy town called Tiruvannamalai. And yeah, I spent two weeks. It was my first time in India. um, And it was, it was an amazing experience. It was a lot. It was everything. It was all the experiences in one it was really it was very cool and so there was the retreat the full two weeks or most of the time yeah yeah so it was a 10-day retreat and uh yeah for and basically uh this teacher that i've been following for the last few years um he lives out there and we would just you know walk to his rooftop and we just hang out there and he'd, he'd talk answer questions lead us through some different inquiries and stuff um and yeah we did that for about 10 days and uh, I had some days before and after to kind of explore a little bit and um, and yeah, get get into a little bit of some Indian adventures. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to talk more about the retreat, but maybe, I don't know, I'm feeling a little bit of a pull to start with the India side of it. <laughs> I've never been, I've really wanted to go yeah. for a long time. Like, you, you know, obviously it was a specific, you know, it's a massive country, right. a little piece of it. Massive but, country, right. But what was what were some of your experiences like and what were some of your reflections on India as a yeah. place? So, yeah, again, as a disclaimer, I can only speak about, really, I, I pretty much, you know, I flew into Chennai Airport and then just went straight to Tiruvannamalai, so I can really only talk about my experience there. Um, but, man, India <laughs> was wild. I, I feel like I've done a, a, my fair share of traveling in my days and I've never been anywhere quite like India. Um, and I think like afterwards, everyone was asking me like, Oh, how was your trip? How was your trip? And I feel like so many other trips, I'm able to easily distill it into like one or two themes or ideas. And India, I was, I had such a hard time doing that. And when I was out there, I just felt like I was experiencing everything like paradoxical, uh, realities all at the same time. You know, like this is like a really sacred holy town and, and, Out there, people, you know, it's very sacred and people are very spiritual. And at the same time, you know, I'd be walking with my female friend at night and shit would get really scary really quick. Mm. And there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of darkness there as well. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of wilderness and animals kind of roaming free. Like you're, you're walking down the busy, like crazy street with scooters honking everywhere. And there's like an ox to your right, just like walking along. And, you know, I mean, there are wild horses, pigs, bats, uh, stray dogs. Like I just, I saw wild animals everywhere. And it was just like in the middle of a teeming yeah, city. Yeah, in the middle yeah. of a teeming city. And yeah. it was like crazy. It was like urban, mo- you know, like busy, like modern city. Also, and with, you know, like an ox pulling a cart or these horses roaming. And it felt like at the same time, like kind of this archaic wilderness and, and nature. And they're just all on top of each other at the same time, you know, um, some like really beautiful landscapes and, and nature. And, and at the same time, like a lot of pollution and, everything just felt on top of each other. And it was, uh, weirdly, uh, my experience was super, was one of the most relaxing and resting experiences I've had. And also like one of the most intensely chaotic, like it's just, they were both happening at the same time. And, uh, and it was, it was kind of beautiful. It kind of defied, like my brain kept short circuiting, trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And like probably thinking about, Oh, when I come back, how am I going to (laughs) describe this to people? You know, I love that thing on vacation where like all of a sudden you leave your vacation, you start thinking about like how you're going to like, yeah. yeah. And it's short circuited that process, right? It, it, it defied like an easy explanation. And, and I kind of love that. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the sort of trip that left you wanting to go back and explore more? Or was it the sort of trip that left you like, Ooh, that was, I got my fill of India for a while. Yeah. See, again, I'm I'm a little I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> Which for other trips that would be super easy. I'm like not going back there, or I loved it, and I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. Like it was such a deeply beautiful experience, and there were a lot of uh, times on the trip that I, you know, I felt like this place was really special, and I was like, wow, like I would love to come back here. And a lot of it was really stressful and difficult. Um, the weather was really hot. The, the pollution, the air quality. I mean, it was a very chaotic uh, town. And um, so when I think back, there's just a weird mix of like, oh, that was that was so nice and beautiful and serene. And good Lord, that was like really stressful and like <laughs> difficult and chaotic. And, you know, I'm waking up and there's like people like partying, celebrating out in the hallway outside my guest house, or there's cows mooing right out my window. And like, there's just, there's so much happening. And, um, and I, I don't know how to answer that. A few yeah. people have asked me and I'm still like, I, th- I think I could see myself going back there, but there's also a good chance that eh, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, it definitely made, it was a lot on my body. Yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, <laughs> that, I hear you. Um, <laughs> And so let's let's talk a little bit about this retreat. So we've talked about retreats. It's been a little bit of theme yeah, on the show before retreats and the power of retreats. Um, I've done some shorter ones. Mm-hmm. You did a, another 10-day one maybe two years ago. A year, year ago. A year ago yeah. in Spain. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm curious why this retreat? Like, what was it that pulled you or attracted you? There's a million retreats you could do all over yeah. the world with different people. Like, what was it about this one that that pulled at you? Yeah, so so this one was with a specific teacher. Uh, he's this teacher named Salvador Poe. And I've, I've been a big fan of his for the last, like, two and a half years or so. Um, and uh, he, he's an interesting guy. He's, he's this uh, white dude from New York. He was a rock and roll musician. Um, addicted to drugs, you know, was living the party rock and roll lifestyle and then had a spiritual awakening, moved to India, like just got on the spiritual path and 
And then, yeah, about six years ago, he reluctantly got pulled into teaching, which I kind of love. Like, I love the fact that he's this reluctant teacher. Um, you know, he someone was like, hey, th- I know this guy, uh, my friend, he's been seeking for 40 years and he's like trying to figure out the spiritual stuff. And I think you could help him. And Salvador is like, uh, no, I'd rather play music. <laughs> like, I don't do that thing. And uh, and the guy like begged and he's like, OK, I'll try this. And if it doesn't work, I'm never going to teach again. And it worked. And mm. more students started coming to him. And he's he kind of put out a book. Like, people helped him make a book. And, uh, yeah, so his, his message has been getting out there. But, like, he's still, like, he has no attachment to being a teacher. He doesn't like being called one. He he doesn't call students. You know, he's like, yeah, you guys are just you guys are just my friends. You guys are people I hang out with. Um, but, you know, he every year or so, I feel like he, he like – he quits for a little while. He's, he's always like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going back to music. <laughs> and then just going, you know, back to just chilling on his couch in India playing guitar. And then enough people kind of email him and kind of pull him back after a few months. Um, and so, yeah, I, I he he quit this, you know, uh, this past summer. And I was really bummed because, like, this is a teacher, like, I was really resonating with. And when he came back, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll be doing, you know, a retreat in India. And I was like. I have, have to, to do go. it. No yeah, brainer. Because yeah, yeah. he might quit again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might not yeah. get another chance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that that was really cool. And was this like a, I think the last retreat you went on was a sort of more of a typical meditation retreat. Was this a quote unquote meditation retreat or if not, what was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, this, I've had a lot of trouble just talking about this. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel ready to actually to, to discuss this on the podcast. Um, and, yeah. So basically to zoom out a bit, uh, for the last seven years, I've been exploring, uh, I guess you'd call it a type of spirituality called non-duality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is what, you know, teachers like Eckhart Tolle of the power of now is teaching or teachers like Adyashanti. Um, and honestly, you know, what a lot of like Buddhism or Advaita Vedanta or a lot of these ancient traditions are pointing to. And, <laughs> the reason I haven't talked about this before is it's very, very difficult to talk about it. Uh, but, but yeah, my, the, the simplest way I can describe it, or just from my own experience is that, um, basically like in our normal day to day experience, like all of us humans are walking around and, and we have this conscious experience, right? Of life or whatever's happening, but it's obscured like 99% by thoughts, by all these like, just these words coming across our mind, right? Like thoughts of the future, thoughts of the past, uh, anything that happens. It's like, what does that mean about me? Are, are they mad at me? Like, what do I have to do? Like, and our, our, our brains are just like covering this clean experience of reality with like millions of words and thoughts and images. And, and one way to look at non-duality, or at least my experience has been, uh, it's almost a training of your brain to learn how to, uh, be <laughs> in an experience with less and less of that filter until you're just experiencing like just clear, clean reality itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like just the five senses. Yeah, yeah. Just what is happening without the, all the thought filters and, and attachment to that. And, uh, and with that uh, is a lot of peace and a lot of suffering drops it doesn't mean you're not going to ever feel shitty you know if you have a toothache if uh you know if if someone close to you passes away like yes it's going to hurt but 
what we do as humans is, you know, we have that toothache and then we add on this whole second layer of suffering where we're like, oh, God, I always get toothaches. I'm, oh, what's wrong with me? Why me? Why me? My friend Bill doesn't have a toothache. Yeah, you turn into a victim. You keep – you ruminate over it over and over again. You you mean it to make it that you're less than other people and stuff. And that's the suffering that, you know, Buddhism, that all these ancient traditions have been talking about, like that um, – that, you know, to, to let go of that, uh, is a completely different experience, um, and, and much more restful and peaceful. Um, and yeah, and, and so I've spent, you know, the last seven years of my life really diving into this, um, and spend, you know, it's been probably one of my top priorities in life. As you know, I've, I've yeah. told you about my journey with this and, um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, some ancient traditions will call this this experience of being able to like learn how to get out of that mental filter and stay there. Um, you know, people call it awakening, self realization. Uh, some people may call it enlightenment, but that's a very triggering word, so <laughs> we won't go there. Um, but I will just say that this is an actual experience that you can train your brain to do. It's not mystical. There's no. I. It's. It's actually like I think. Science is be and neuroscience is beginning to prove like this is an actual uh, state. That's all. That's also the wrong word, but it's it's actually something measurable that you can uh, do with your with shows your up in the data. It shows up in the data, <laughs> um, and yeah. And I've spent my last seven years like fully diving into this, and uh, and Salvador Poe, this teacher, um, I think is is one of the clearest uh, teachers I've come across at, at pointing to this. Um, and yeah, and so I was like, all right, he's doing a retreat. I've got to go check it out. Do it. Yeah. And so what's so – I think a lot of people probably listening to this have tried at least a little bit of experimentation with like meditation. Yeah. And meditation I think sounds like it has a lot of the same ideas about like direct experience, sure. quieting your mind. So, so what is non-duality that's not just – meditating like why why a teacher what is there to teach about that's not about just practicing that sort of meditation process yeah yeah so before i dive into this just uh this is my first time like trying to put these thoughts into words so forgive me if this is confusing or if i do a horrible job but uh so so the thing with meditation is that um it is still based on this idea that i am meditating like that I as an ego, me as Jamin, this character am doing this thing, meditating. So there's a duality. There's two things there, me mm. and the thing I'm doing. Um, and the basic premise of non-duality and why it's called non-duality is you actually realize in your direct experience that that is actually just a fiction that your brain created. This, this sense of self. The idea of Jamin. Is yeah. A uh, the, this, your sense of self being separate from the world um, is actually only created in thoughts. And, um, and so the, the difference with non-duality is it's not training you to be a better meditator. It's almost training you to zoom out a little bit and realize that the meditator doesn't even actually exist, mm -hmm. not in the way we've thought about it in our whole life. Um, so that's what they mean by non-dual, not duality, not two. Um, and yeah, so you, so you can see why this is difficult to talk about. It's, it's, it's an experience that's actually beyond, uh, it's, it's something, it's supposed to be an experience that's beyond, um, thought. And so it's beyond concept, beyond labels. And, and yet we can only talk about it using concepts and labels. So it's, it's quite yeah, yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but but I will say it's you know um you yeah like so the thing with non-duality is it's almost like uh training yourself to actually to to realize uh it's almost like figuring out your identity uh your true identity which is which is sort of the lack thereof which is the lack of this character yeah yeah. but but you exist this experience is existing and you realize that you are the experience you are not separate from it you are not seeing the experience like you are the fucking experience itself and again i know that sounds weird but um but it's actually something that that everyone listening to this has experienced you know like when you are hiking and you see a beautiful vista and there are no thoughts and there's just awe. You're just like, lost in beauty. You're just lost in beauty. Like that is like a non-dual experience. Like for that second, you're, it's not you looking at this vista, like all of that kind of melts away. And you thinking about like, Oh, how am I going to tell my friends about this? Vista? Cause like you can <laughs> yeah. go in and out of it. Yes. Right? And like, then that's going back into, yeah. into duality, yeah. into thoughts and, and into the story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so it's this is actually something that we experience many times throughout the day, but we don't actually we're not even aware that it's dropping away. Um, and and so a lot of non-duality, I think, is becoming aware of of that of that state when mind is not entering, and then realizing like, and then kind of staying there more and more, and also realizing that that's actually your true identity, not this story yeah. that we're spinning, not these sentences that are happening in yeah. our in our mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, as someone who's like dipped my toe in the water, you know, here and there with sort of non-duality teachers on podcasts or books, yeah. et cetera, it does feel famously hard to describe. <laughs> and talk. I mean, you know, like I've like listened to a bunch of teachers and like read a few books and stuff on, on podcast episodes and elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. And like you, every, all the teachers have different ways of trying yes. to talk about it. And you can hear them all sort of like struggle, like there's a reason there's a lot of teachers around this, a lot of retreats on books because it's like actually really hard. It's about direct experience. Right. So I think like a lot of what people are trying to do is like give you direct experiences to help you sort of glimpse this, but it's like any meditation. It's like any practice. It's actually something that seems like you just have to work at a lot yeah. over and over again. You have yeah. to like ingest these ideas in different forms and play around with them and try to like, we've all this sort of dualistic view of the world is something we've all, since we were born, you know, yeah. sort of through language. Well, since concepts. adolescence, really. Because when we were born, we were in a non-dual state. Mm. You know, when you came out of the womb, you weren't like, I'm Gabe, and that's my mom. And right. this is, you know, like, it was just like this amorphous blob of, of experience. Of experience. Yeah, and right. you're just like, oh. you're just yeah, kind yeah, of experiencing yeah. it all. Um, and then I think the sense of self starts to starts to kick in, you know, I don't know, around three or four or something. Yeah. Like when all of a sudden, you know, object permanence kind of comes yeah. in and, and this concept of, oh, there's a there's an other and then there's a me and and, you know, but uh, but yes, yeah, like basically so, for our whole lives, we've been running in this this, in this framework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you think about like any framework that's built up over decades and decades, like you can't just like press a button and drop that framework no. instantly. No. And I, I, if I'm understanding correctly, you know, non-duality is not about like for the vast, vast majority of people that are exploring it or teaching. It's not about like, we need these frameworks to function in the world in a lot of ways for most of us. So it's not about mm. like, Oh, like labeling things or having an identity right. as a person is bad per se, but it's about, I th- what, from all that I gather, sort of having choice and being able to like understand that that's just a framework and we can go sort of in and out of that framework and yeah. not be, not be captured within that framework without any agency to step outside of it. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, I have to say I'm still like 
in the midst of exploring this. Um, but I, I will say from my own experience and, and especially from this retreat, which, which definitely deepened my experience, uh, substantially, um, it seems to me like you can lose that identification. Um, uh, you know, your, your internal experience, it doesn't feel like you can get to a place where it doesn't feel like, oh, like I am this character, like dualistically. Inter- interacting with the world like there's almost this like just one this oneness kind of happening to use crude crude language um but that doesn't mean that you don't speak normally that doesn't mean you can't have like friendships and and engage with life in, in this normal way that doesn't mean you you can't refer to a memory from a week ago and laugh about it or plan for a plane trip next weekend um that's all that's all still happening, but it's, it's seen, uh, for what it is instead of this concrete, solid, like real world. Like, um, and it, it is, I think it's seen more and more with this kind of transparency and this lightness, you know, mm. you realize actually that it's, it's all thoughts that's creating this whole timeline of future and past. And, and so it doesn't weigh down on you as much. Mm. Um, and I, and at least for me, there's, there's just been a lot of, uh, freedom there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, lot less suffering. And it's exciting for me to just continue diving deeper into this because the yeah. more I do, it's like the more, the more my life seems to feel at ease. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, <laughs> and was it was it um was it Eckhart Tolle? Was the power of now? Was that how you? Yeah, the power of now was my days? my gateway drug to all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that book is is incredible, but uh, but also very, <laughs> um, it was it's very difficult for the mind to understand kind of what it's saying, and I think that was one of the first books I ever read where I'm like reading through the pages and my mind is like, I have no idea what this is, and like my gut was like this guy's speaking the truth. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is, but, but he's hitting on something real. Um, and yeah, he's, I'm grateful to that book. It definitely led me down this path and led me to Salvador. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. And how many different teachers would you say you've sort of like followed in any sort of serious way over the years? I mean, I've read so many different books. Um, and yeah, I would say like, each book, like when I was diving into it, like I would even consider like that was my teacher for those few months or the six months yeah. or whatever. I was like sinking and marinating in the, in how they talk about this. And, but, um, I don't know, like as I'm thinking of like teachers that I've, I've kind of like influenced me for a, lot, a few years, it's probably like maybe like two or three. And yeah. Salvador is, is the latest one and, uh, and probably one of the strongest influences. Yeah. I think he has a way of, like we keep saying like this is not about like this is an experience that's beyond like the words and concepts. And so a lot of teachers, when they teach, they have to use the words and concepts. Right. Mm-hmm. And Salvador ha- is really good at just continuing to bring you back to the experience and not getting you lost in the concepts. Like he doesn't really entertain too much, like going to the philosophy of everything. He just keeps bringing you back. And, and I really need it. I think most people need that. Um, and and he's also really accessible. He has like this uh, every other week online uh, free online meeting that people can That's join. Cool. And I'm thinking more and more like that this kind of interaction on a regular basis with a teacher. And it's not exactly one on one online, but you can always ask a question and, and yeah, talk yeah. with him. Yeah. So it's, it almost feels like that. And now I'm kind of seeing why so many times people were like, you need this, you need a one-on-one relationship with a teacher. You need to be like an apprentice or something yeah. to, to realize this, to it awaken. Accelerates growth. Yeah. Lot. But it's also like, it's just so easy for your mind to just keep 
diving into its old habits of just going back and referring to thought and just going back in and you think you got it. And then your mind's like, I got it. And you're like back into the hypnotization yeah. of thought and words and having a teacher who can just keep being like, nope, that's not it either. Get out, get out. Like it just keeps knocking you over the head and bringing you back. And, and so I really appreciate how he's doing, doing this, like, yeah. and doing these retreats where you can kind of spend a, a lot of time just marinating in this. And then when you go back home, it's like, you know, every week, um, I'm able to go to the online group and, and share it with other people who are also going through this and just keep bringing me back and back. It, it's yeah, a discipline. Yeah. It's a practice. And, yeah. And you just have to, you have to be super diligent. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. That's great. <laughs> and what was, did you have like one or two favorite moments or memory from the retreat or the trip <laughs> overall? I'm sure there were a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I have a few. Um, the retreat was great. Uh, I mean, we talked about this before. Who are the types of people that are on this retreat with you, Rado? I'm <laughs> all, curious. Like. All sorts of people. Uh, and this is my favorite thing about retreats. You know, like if anyone hasn't done a spiritual retreat yet, like I highly recommend it. It's relaxing. It's um, it's it's great. It'll push your journey forward. But it's also such a wonderful like bonding experience with the other people who are there. You always start these retreats like not knowing anyone. And by the and end, probably most people don't know anyone. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most so people show up on their up. own yeah, or with yeah. a partner. So it's not weird to go by yourself. No. And the same thing happened here. I mean, just such, such lovely people. You know, you had a, a special needs teacher from Australia. You had a doctor from Sweden. Uh, you had a, a fine arts professor from Oxford. Uh, and then you had one of my favorite people uh, was a 78-year-old smoking, cursing dude from the Bronx named bill <laughs> and um and yeah he was uh he was a hardcore trump supporter i think one of our first conversations this was your first time meeting a hardcore trump it was supporter my first at a time. spiritual retreat oh yes definitely <laughs> it was probably one of my first times meeting a conservative at a spiritual retreat and and it was my first time just meeting a hardcore trump supporter in real life in your life yeah. which shows how much of a of a limited bubble i'm in yeah, right yeah, um yeah. i'd i'd read op-ed pieces about so about these, many news yeah. stories and and it was my first time meeting one in person and, and one of our first conversations um he, he was shocked that i voted for hillary right and um the same way that i was shocked that he voted for trump yeah. and uh and he said you know he's like i, I think Seriously, he said, I think Trump will go down as one of the greatest presidents of all time. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, I think he's going to go down as one of the worst presidents of all time. And and it was just fascinating. Like I was sitting there having a conversation with someone and our views could not be, at least politically, could not be more polar. Yeah. And that was a fascinating experience. And, you know, we're talking about our different sources of information. And I'm like, you know, the New York Times, the Washington Post. And he's like, yeah, those are all run by globalists. And he's getting his sources, you know, online and different things. And we're both skeptical of each other's sources. And it, it's just uh, it's just a fascinating experience. We, in some ways, we live in completely different worlds. Sure, of course. And yet, we spent every day on this retreat together. And we became, we became friends. Um, I remember uh, a few days in, you know, we're, we're walking together to get breakfast, which is like our routine every morning. And... He like looks over at me and and he calls me JMO by the way, which at first I didn't know if he was calling me that because uh, that was just a nickname he came up for me, or if he was calling me that because he forgot what my actual name was. Unclear. He says it was the former, but um, but yeah, he's you know we're walking together and he's like JMO. <laughs> I turn to, I'm like yeah, Bill, and he's like, man, who would have thought you, me, buddies. 
Was this his first spiritual retreat? Like, he, no, he's actually not. He actually did like, one in India like the year before with okay. like this other teacher who is actually Salvador's teacher. Okay. So it's kind of funny. So he's almost like after his experience with this other teacher, he kind of, he was kind of, he felt like he was resonating with it, but not fully. And then he found Salvador, mm. you know? Um, so he must be used to being like the only person who's like politically like this. I think it's, I think it's still a newer thing, Yeah, but he's, he's kind of been veering down the weirder path for, I think the last like 10 or 20 years, but this is like, he, now he's like diving into the spiritual stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he says, you know, like what got him into this, which is, I think the same for, for a lot of us is, is misery, you know, and, uh, suffering, suffering, difficult lives can, can force you outside of your comfort zone and exploring things you never would have explored before. Um, and it was so cool, like having him there and everyone loved it. Everyone kept saying, you know, Bill, there is nobody else like you out here. Nobody else like you out here in India. Like, like it's amazing. And, um, and it was really cool to, 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 develop a a friendship and an affection and a love for this person you know um and yeah we were just emailing the other day and uh you know we're checking in on each other and he's he was like he's like man i can't believe i'm talking to an hc hillary clinton person (laughs) this is is great i love this i need a i need more more friends outside my bubble so (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. healthy healthy for all of us for sure yeah yeah But yeah, no the the retreat was was a really fantastic experience, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so Salvador is is super cool and like really like really great to work with. Um, and for me personally, you know, the last few years, uh, what we were talking about about like being able to to access the state where you're not clouded so much by all the thoughts and and you know the concepts and all that um that was something that over the last few years i've been able to like momentarily touch into you know like throughout the day i'd be able to like touch into that for a second or a few moments or whatever and you know by this past year that was almost something i could touch into for maybe half a minute or a minute at a time but it still was just something i could i i could just access like momentarily like all throughout the day and in this retreat just sitting with Sal and everyone else and just marinating in this and just having a teacher to just kind of directly keep pointing you and like keep cutting out the bullshit, you know? Um, I was able to like really drop and like rest and like relax into that place. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, almost like half a day or these long stretches or like a good portion of my time in India, like I got to spend more in that state and it almost felt like that started to become my default. The default yeah. And then I would touch back into Thoughtland, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was fascinating. And and since I came back, you know, my first week back in SF, uh, I was still holding on to that a little bit. And it was incredible. Like, it was a completely different state of being than I'd experienced before. I'd be having conversations with people or just sitting in my room. Like, I, I found that I really enjoyed just, like, sitting in silence and and the silence could would feel like palpable like it was just like humming with life and it just felt there's just no thoughts and i was just like wow i'm just at peace and i feel completely content yeah um and it was it was really cool yeah and then 
like what we've talked about with retreats before. Yeah. Like that starts slipping away. Yeah. A bit. It starts yeah, slipping yeah, away. Yeah. And like the triggers and the ways of being in the normal world just started to kind of come back yeah. in, which was, which was difficult. Yeah. Did um, you do anything this time? I mean, you know that going in, coming back, did you do anything to try to like intentionally reintegrate in a certain way to not to like, you can't like you're coming back out of that world into this world. Like you can't stay in retreat land yeah. but to try to, Make it smoother or gentler or hold on to as much as you could. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that was really helpful was just knowing that that was going to happen. Yeah. So it and like so, you out. yeah. And so while I came, when I came back and I was still kind of in that state, I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that was like, this is it forever. Like I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I've made it. <laughs> yeah. This is dope. Very, very dualistic way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I've made it. No, to totally. One hundred percent. Which is why the word enlightenment is so problematic. Yes. I think is because yes. it's like it implies that like you reach a finish line yes. and then you've checked off some box. And there's no. people that have made it and people that haven't. And you're one of those two types yeah, of people, yeah, yeah. which is exactly the opposite of right. what the practice is. Right. All about. Exactly. No, and exactly like you, you, you thinking you've made it is such a dualistic yeah. mind thing to do. Yeah. It you take. It, and it's a trap. It's always a trap, you know? Yeah. I mean, and- I just experienced that in my meditation sessions. <laughs> like, sometimes I just, like, when I, like, get into a really good groove and I'm, like, totally connected to my body and, like, the thoughts aren't coming, then the thought that comes is, like, wow, I'm doing such a good job right now. And then it's, like, <laughs> yeah. but the, at that point, you've lost you've, it. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it, I think it helped. But even with that, I there was a part of me that was, like, no. No, no, no. Don't get cocky about this. Yeah. Like, just keep yeah. coming back to this. Just, it was the same thing. Like, don't cut out that bullshit. Yeah, don't yeah. give that thought any, like, any thought. Don't give it any attention. Like, and, and as I knew that it would kind of slip away in the back of my mind, and like that prepared me for when it did start to. And I freaked out a little, but not as much as I yeah, did in the past. Yeah. And, and I think I just knew I was like, okay, this is, this is where the real work begins yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like and i've gotten a taste retreat's the easy part retreat's easy. It, it's yeah. easy for anyone to be enlightened at the top of a cave yeah. but come back have dinner with your parents like come, yeah. come hang out in the real world try dating like yeah. and yeah it's like your shit's gonna come back and and that's where the real work begins because yeah. like i don't want to just sit in a cave like i want to be here and be in the world and have friendships and have relationships and just deal with the messiness yeah, yeah. and yeah. so here now it's like the practice is like to keep practicing with this messiness yeah and i know the real the real value like we talked about before is like feeling that in the retreat lets me know that that exists that that's there it'll, it'll still be my guiding light to keep yeah. pointing to and um and yeah i'm i'm excited to to keep keep the practice going yeah and what does practice look to like you not just now but sort of overall in your journey around non-duality how much of it has been about sort of meditating or something like meditating how much of it's about reading and finding different teachers how much is about retreat how much is about some other just like sort of daily mantras or ideas or or, or sort of things you're doing just in the course of your daily life yeah what's like the balance been like there oh it's hard to say um the thing with non-duality is it, it's not so much like there's not like a specific practice i mean different teachers have their different ideas but but non-duality is a big umbrella that covers yeah. a bunch of... Yeah. I'll just say for me, it, it's really been about... Um, so reading and like 
in the beginning, I mean, for most of the first few years, like I didn't even fully understand what this was. And I'm just trying to understand it. So I'm reading and the, and this not completely make, you know, cause they're pointing at something beyond words. And I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if I, if I get what they're talking about. And then I would come across like a sentence or something that would just resonate. And, and from there, and it, I feel like looking back, I feel like I knew what it was like, I didn't know at the time, but I would come across a sentence and it would resonate and I would, I would kind of taste experientially what they're talking about mm. just a little bit or maybe yeah. one aspect of it. Yeah. And, and then from then on, I would kind of make that phrase almost my mantra for a little bit. Like throughout yeah. the day, I would keep revisiting that aspect. Like maybe it's like unlimited boundlessness or something, right? Or nothingness or whatever. And that word would kind of re-trigger that that sense or that that yeah a bit of that feeling again and i would just kind of just throughout the day just keep feeling that exploring yeah. that um and yeah and i think and yeah that's kind of what i'm doing now except I, now at this point and this really happened in the retreat but i feel like i was able to throw away even the word like i, I didn't need the the word to kind of trigger that experience again. It's like, Oh, I, I can, I, I feel pretty grounded in it. I can, I can return to it. And I, and then, and then I can throw out the word that I was using to kind of get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And so now it's more just really hanging there, even without using that like life preserver or, you know, that anchor. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And who are the, so Salvador is the teacher you've been sort of working with and, yeah. and most connecting with recently. Who are the other, you know, if someone's interested in sort of like Googling some names or like looking at some YouTube videos yeah. or like exploring this, at least uh, uh, like the tiniest bit, who are some of the other teachers you've followed that have like really resonated with you at different points in time? Yeah. Eckhart Tolle was, was my gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. uh, his book, The Power of Now, I think is uh, an incredible introduction to this topic. Um, Adya Shanti is probably one of the biggest non-dual teachers out there. Rupert Spira. Um I, the last teacher that I really resonated with before Salvador was Locke Kelly, mm-hmm. um, who I'm actually helping uh, make some animations for some of his up- oh, cool. upcoming meditations, which is really cool. Um, Lisa Cairns uh, is pretty dope as well. And yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, those are a few to kind of get started. And I just really recommend, you know, just checking, if you're interested, checking out some of these teachers, checking out their books or YouTube videos and whoever you resonate with, you know, like if it resonates, just keep exploring. And if it doesn't like, don't stress about it. Like really with something like this, especially something where you're, you're, you're supposed to be beyond like concepts and words. Um, trusting resonance and trusting your gut is the, I believe is the most effective way of going down this path. Um, because otherwise you're just trusting the concepts in your head and, it's not not the best way to go about this in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that sort of practice. It's not, it's not that, that sort of practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. throw out that that part of your mind in some ways. The, yeah. The logical, rational part. Yeah. It's beyond that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember the, the one of the sort of just foundational ideas that stayed with me just because it, it struck me like a, at a gut level is true. It's the idea that like, you know, for most of us, between you know 95 and 99 percent of our lives we're walking around like sort of literally unconscious yeah like we're in, hypnotized in a, yeah hypnotized yeah. and almost like a i mean more provocatively you could call it like a zombie like state yeah. but we're not we're not where we are like mentally like we're yeah. just no matter what we're doing we're not 
we're not in that experience. Our just our minds are always thinking. I mean, I think yeah. just everyone is very familiar with yeah. that we're experience. It's just like your mind is always thinking about, or so like the vast majority of the time thinking about something other than what yeah. it's actually doing. Like, it's in a dream. It's in a dream state. Yeah, which yeah. is why they call it awakening, right? It's yeah. like yeah. it's it's actually like you're in this constant dream state, and it's just like learning how to get out of like wake up from that more and more and just be in reality yeah which uh is simple actually in some it's like the simplest thing in some ways and then like the and most it's complex, the, yeah. the hardest thing to do in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. like yeah. but yeah but it, it's it's been one of the most impactful things i've ever experienced in my life um and continues to be every year just 